0: Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube. And you guys can open your Bibles over to Isaiah 58. Five this morning, Isaiah 55. Let's see if I can get this rolling. Oh, computer's in a good mood this morning. Isaiah 55. So we're just going to, what time is it? We're just going to touch on this whole subject uh, just begin this morning, kind of give an overview of what we're going to be talking about. But we're going to be talking about choosing the way of the Lord and what the way of the Lord is. The Bible talks a lot about God's ways, okay? And... Um, You know, if you guys weren't here, if you weren't here last week, I really strongly encourage you to listen to Boyd's message from last week. Go to the website, pull it up on YouTube or podcast, whatever you like, and listen to it. It was a great message, and he talked a lot, and I agree with him. He said very openly, he he said it very strongly. He said he hates, absolutely hates New Year's resolutions. I do too, because they're ineffective. I, I love quality choices that we make. I love deciding to choose life every day. And and if the calendar page turning helps you to refocus, do it. Okay, that's that's fine. But uh he talked to us about being ready for distraction, preparing for distraction in 2024. This is an election year in the United States, plus there's just a lot of chaos throughout the world. There will be plenty of things to distract us from the Lord. And so this is, I'm going a different direction this morning, but I just want us to think about what we're doing in our lives to continue pressing in and pressing forward in the Lord. We should never become stationary. We should never, there's always more of God to know. There's always more of God to experience. There's always more of what he has provided for us to receive and experience and deliver to others. He always, it's like his will for our lives is always just unfolding and growing. It's something that from, through the entirety of our lives, if if we're paying attention, We are going to be growing in him. We're going to be receiving more from him. And so I just want to encourage you in that. And I I just want to, before we even go to Isaiah 55, I just want to uh, start in this place that the story of the Bible, as most of you know, is that God created mankind, male and female man, set them in the garden, set them in this planet, gave them his authority and his dominion over the earth in order to be his representatives in the earth and to expand his kingdom and his influence in the earth. When we hear the word dominion or we hear the word authority, we tend to think of it as very dominating or authoritative, okay? But in the scripture, our authority that the Lord has given us, authority that God gave man, it's supposed to be used to serve and lift people up. It's supposed to be, I believe in the beginning, it was supposed to be used to make all the planet look like heaven. I mean, that was kind of the purpose, was for us to partner with God. And so we know the story, Adam and Eve fell and and the Bible tells us that as they fell, as sin entered the earth, death entered the earth. And there again, I've told just many times, it doesn't just mean physical death. That word death, spiritual death, encompasses all of the decay and destruction and evil that come, anything you can think of that fits in those categories that came into the earth through the separation that sin brought between God and man. And so God began to plan, actually, he didn't begin to plan, he already had a plan before we were even created to send Jesus into this earth and to bring the Messiah into this earth. And as he did that, as Jesus came, he came to carry our sins. He came to show us who the Father is. He's the exact representation of the Father but he came to take away the sin of the world so that anyone who believes on him, the scripture says, we believe that he is Lord. We believe that God raised him from the dead and we accept him as our personal savior and Lord. Then it says we become children of God. We become, we come into the family of God. We are born again. We are made right with God because of what Jesus did, not because of what we did, We extend our faith to him and we receive what he did at the cross. And from that, that we enter into what the Bible calls eternal life, what the Bible calls salvation, which doesn't just mean going to heaven at the end of our life. I don't, maybe I'll bring a list next week. It'll still be incomplete of all the things that are covered under that idea of salvation. But Jesus taught that There is still in this earth, in John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly. So God's will is for us to have life and life more abundantly, to have life as God has it, and to have it in abundance, that word means until it overflows. But there is a thief in the earth that wants to steal that life from us wants to steal the blessings of salvation from us and Jesus taught that to me it is the it is the centerpiece it explains so much of the bible and so much of what goes on in the earth that there is a thief and if you think about what a thief is a thief comes to take something that does not belong to him right I mean, that's what a thief is. They're taking something that doesn't belong to them. And Jesus called Satan a thief who wants to steal that abundant life from you and from me. And he comes in through deception and he comes in through thoughts and he comes in through our our flesh and all kinds of ways to try and get us to believe lies, which is what Adam and Eve did that started this whole thing. They believed and acted upon a lie. And so he comes in and he wants to steal what belongs to you. And that's the first point I want to make today is understand that salvation, which means it means right relationship with God. It, mean, it includes health. It includes uh, relational strength, relationships working right. It includes spirit, soul, and body being redeemed and us being able to grow and, and become, receive what God has for us in all areas of our life. It's protection. It's so many things, so many, many things. Satan wants to steal. He's a thief. He takes what doesn't belong to him. Well, if it doesn't belong to him, who does it belong to? Any ideas? It belongs to you and to me. And the reason I'm standing on that this morning is because we need to understand what Jesus did provided something We couldn't earn it. We couldn't merit it. We still can't. Uh, Salvation was a gift to us. It is given by God's grace and received by faith, but it belongs to you. The elements of salvation belong to you. And if it belongs to you, it's okay for you to say, wait a minute, this is mine. Right relationship with God is mine. Health belongs to me. My family dynamics working right, that belongs to me. And Satan, you have no right to steal it from me. It's okay when somebody gives you a gift for you to receive the gift. And it's okay for you to use the gift. If somebody gave you a house, you didn't have anywhere to live. Somebody gave you a house. Just gave it to you. Just signed signed the title over to you. Or gave you a car. You didn't have a car. And somebody gave you a car. They said, this car is yours. We signed over the title. It belongs to you. You'd be excited. But if you never move into the house, if you keep living out in the cold and the snow, then it'd be just like, your life would be just like nobody ever gave you a house. It'd be just like if you never got in and drove the car, it'd be just like you didn't have a car, right? Does this make sense? And it's the same thing with our salvation. It belongs to us. And we have a right to defend it against the enemy. We're not, we're not, um, we're not in God's face. God has already given us. We're in God's face to be grateful. We are pouring out thanks and praise and honor to him. But when it comes to something missing from our life, something that we know Jesus died to give us, it honors God for us to defend that thing, for us to take authority over whatever it is, whoever it is, that we need to take authority over whatever spiritual force and to resist and to pray and believe God, again, for... All the things that Jesus has given to us—that honors the Lord. That's not somehow arrogant. I, you know, so I say all of that to say this: we're going to talk about God's ways, okay? and, And what that is. As we walk through this life, we are believers. We are children of God. We stand in that place, even when we sin. The Bible says we have an advocate with the Father. We can repent of that sin not just lightly, we can truly repent of that sin and go to God, not run from God, not turn our backs on God and try to fix it ourselves. We can go to him and we can receive again, just, just again be refreshed in the forgiveness that is ours and we can receive everything that we need from him by grace to overcome whatever that is in our life, even when we blow it. But we walk through this life and we have challenges. We walk through this life and we need to grow. We don't, just because we got born again, we got born again. We start out as infants spiritually and we need to grow. And one of the ways we do that is by getting, well, the, pretty much the root of all of this growth is knowing the Lord. Knowing him Not just knowing about him, but knowing him. Developing that relationship with him. And as we do that, he imparts things to us that change us. And we begin to live more like him. His ways are already blessed. They are pre-blessed. Just like tortilla chips and salsa. When they come to the table, those are pre-blessed. You can just eat those and then pray over the meal when it gets there. This is a, a truth, a New Mexico truth right here, okay? So just like that, God's ways, if we do things in God's ways, it's then we're walking in his word. There is blessing on that. We're not earning anything. We're just walking in something that is blessed. Does this make sense to you so far? So let's, uh, do you find Isaiah 55? If not, look on with someone else. Uh This work? Yep. So, so I I like that little graphic that I threw up there just because that, to me, really describes where we are. We all have ways. And many of them are our old ways. Okay, and we're going to define what all that is. And then there is the new way that is God's way. And we're constantly at that crossroad. We're constantly, as the Lord reveals himself to us, as he reveals the principles of his word to us, as all those things take place, we are constantly at that crossroad and wanting to go his way, do things his way. So let's go to Isaiah 55. Going to begin in verse 8. We're going to kind of bounce around through this, but... We're going to begin in verse 8. Many of you know these verses. This is from the Amplified Bible, what's up there. And it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Okay. How many of you know that not all of your thoughts are God's thoughts? I, I, I do. A couple of other ones. That's good. This is something you probably need to recognize if you didn't lift your hands. This might be a suggestion. Realize that not all of your thoughts are God's thoughts. Just teasing. Neither, the Lord says, are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay, and I think we can all agree with that. I mean, we wouldn't be here this morning if we didn't agree with that. God's thoughts are higher. They're higher more perfect. They are, his his wisdom is a treasure. And one of the reasons, it's not only because it comes from the Lord that makes it a treasure, okay? But his wisdom works. He designed the planet. Yeah, we're living in a fallen condition on the earth, okay? It was never his plan. But his word and his wisdom, when actually applied to life, still works. Okay, and sometimes we'll try to begin to. We'll see something in the word. We've got a situation in our life. Okay, I'm going to apply what the scripture says. I'm going to respond the way the scripture says. I'm, I'm going to dig into this word until it gets down in my heart. And I'm going to apply it. I'm going to start to treat people differently. I'm going to forgive my enemies. I'm going to walk in in peace, whatever it might be. And we do that one day and we do that two two days and everything hasn't changed. And so we quit. We've got to understand, we've talked many times about the principle of seed time and harvest. We've got to understand that walking in something that God has shown to us, if God has said it, he's God. We just need to do it. Okay. We just need to honor him by believing that what he has said is the truth. But as we apply his word and his wisdom in the right heart in life, it actually works. Our lives can improve, can get better. Our relationships can get better everything in our life can get better. We can have more joy and more peace. We can walk in respect for other people. We can, it just, I mean, we could go on, we could take the whole time just defining what this means. But we all understand God's thoughts, they're higher than our thoughts in the same way that the heavens are higher than the earth. That's not just a little bit. Okay. And his, so his wisdom is incredibly valuable to us. His thoughts. We want to be thinking the thoughts of God. And some of you say, well, I can't think the thoughts of God. Yes, you can. If you're born again, the scripture says you have the mind of Christ called the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. We are, we can renew our minds to the word of God with the Holy Spirit's help to where we think about things the way God thinks about them. That is not, that is not a far away, distant, for somebody else idea. That is an idea that's for every believer. Okay? And, and we could look at a number of scriptures on that. But his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And he goes on, and I just want to tie these next verses into this, it says, for as the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect or useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing that I I sent it. And I believe the reason those verses are there is because the Lord is telling us how he is going to impart his thoughts and his ways. How are we going to find out what God's thoughts are? How are we going to receive it? He's going to send his word. And his word's going to come as a seed. And as we spend time with him, that seed is going to get nurtured. And and there's this whole process in the New Testament called renewing, remodeling of the Mind, and we're going to begin to change the way that we think about any and every aspect of life. And as we change the way we think, our behavior will follow that, and our ways will be like His ways. And there's already blessing on His words, on His thoughts, and on His ways. So, again, through this whole process, we're not earning anything from God by changing our ways. We're not meriting something more from God by changing our ways. Just as our ways become his ways, there's a blessing on that. It's just there. It's God's way. It's blessed, okay? Just like chips, okay? It's just, remember, if you don't get anything else, understand you don't have to pray over chips and salsa. That's probably one of the the best things. So go back real quick just to verse 7. All right, and the Lord says, "Here, let the wicked forsake and the his way, let the wicked forsake his way, and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him." Well, that's good. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. And then he goes on, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways." Now, technically, since we are New Testament believers, the scripture says we are new creations in Christ and that Jesus became sin for us so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And that word righteousness doesn't mean perfect behavior. It means we stand in right relationship with God because of what Jesus did. This is permanent. God that we are accepted because of what Jesus did, okay? So this verse says, you know, let the wicked Uh, I I don't think we, we spiritually fall into that category. Let the unrighteous, we don't fall into that category technically spiritually, but all of us have thoughts that are not godly. All of us have ways that we grew up with that are not godly. All of us have unrighteous thoughts that come through. We have behaviors that aren't right. Doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean you're not loved by God. It doesn't mean you're not a child of God. It doesn't mean that you are not standing in that position of acceptance with God. It means you're a human being, you're born again, you're saved, your spirit has been saved, and you are still in the process of renewal. Is this making sense to you guys? Okay, so let's talk about what this uh, means. You know, that, that scripture still tells us, verse 7, that we, there are thoughts and there are ways That we need to forsake. That word forsake means to abandon a place that you once lived and go somewhere else. Totally abandon it. You can think of an abandoned house, an abandoned mine, an abandoned whatever. It's left behind. And that's what the Lord is saying. We need to be willing, if we want to adopt His ways, we're going to have to be willing to abandon our ways. And the Lord will begin to show us what ways he's, in particular, I believe, he's great at discipling us. And he will come along and through his word, he'll highlight different, different areas, different attitudes, different things we've thought that it turns out, oh, I guess that was completely not the way the scripture says to think. I didn't even know that. Or we can have other ways that are just, you know, this is the way my family's always done it. This is the way I was taught. This is the way... Uh, my dad did it, you know, whatever it is, and we'll come along and the Lord will show us, yeah, I need to change that way. That way is not my way, okay? And it's really important at that point because this starts to get into our emotions. It starts to get into, uh, you know, our thinking processes. It's really important at that point where we start to get that nudge from the scripture and from the Holy Spirit that even if we don't fully understand it, even if it's like, oh, I never saw that before. I went through so much of that. And I mean, I still do from time to time. But the first few years that I was born again and got going to a church that taught the word, I, there were so many things that came up that I thought I knew because I was already reading my Bible. And I thought I was quite the expert with my Bible. And it turned out I wasn't. And uh, there were a lot of things I thought I knew about God or about his ways in certain areas, what he thought about different things. And and then it would come up from the scriptures. I was under good teaching that, no, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says this. And it was like, oh, I would go home. I would take notes like crazy. And again, my motive at the time was, I don't want to go to church. All I need to do is find out that they're wrong and then I can take care and we can go hide in the mountains somewhere. Uh, that's where I was at that time in my life. Nevertheless, with that pursuit of getting out of church, I would write down what the pastor had said, and I would go home, and I'd start looking up those scriptures in the Bible, and I'd find out that guy was right again and again and again. It was so annoying. I still have a great relationship with him. We just saw him a couple weeks ago. But my point is, when the Lord shows us something, we need to be able to go, okay, I need to abandon my old way. I need to make the decision to take your way. And then there's a process. And the Lord will work with you and will show you the details and will show you when you're going back into your old way because he wants you blessed. And he wants you walking in the blessing of your salvation. And a part of that is living in his ways. Thinking his thoughts, living in his ways. So he'll lead you through this and he'll work you through this and it doesn't happen overnight, okay? You got that so far? You with me? Okay, so what are ways, all right? We know this, we, we use these terms all the time, but a person's ways, it's an individual's method of processing and handling any given situation in life. For a lot of us, our ways were developed with our families. And if your family walked in the word, then your ways are probably a lot closer to what the word says than mine were, okay? Um, An individual's method of processing and handling any given situation. Processing is part of it. How do you process conflict? How do you process blessing? How do you process uh, coming into a new job or a new relationship how do you process conflict you know how do you how do you process these kinds of things and how do you respond how do you react those are that's a part of your ways okay so it's not just what we do okay it's why we do it and the thought processes that went into that that's our that's our way a lot of this is subconscious when we talk about your ways again i've had people you know i've told you a lot of these things i've had people come to me and say well that's, you know, forgiveness, forgiving somebody who hurt me. That's just not the way my family did it. That's just, we just didn't do that. We just, you know, had a had a grudge and a feud, I guess, for the rest of their lives. But I mean, they, they said, well, that's not the way my family did it. And I said, well, but you're in a new family now. And this is the way God's family does it. And uh, so that was their way. Their way was to hold a grudge. and that, And that person, I mean... It was new information to them that they were supposed to forgive somebody. They felt like they were letting people walk on them if they forgave somebody. So there was some learning had to go on there. But a lot, so a lot of this is subconscious, okay? It goes on. It's just the way we do it. It's the way we've always, I never thought about it before, you know? And the Lord, again, will show you those things. He'll bring his thoughts to light. He'll bring his ways to light, okay ways are the paths of thought and behavior through which we attempt to reach goals to fulfill desires to overcome problems and get things done you have a goal in life your your way is it's a path of thought and behavior it's it's how you get there that term ways you know we have we have we have highways we have pathways, we have through ways, uh, we have sideways, you know. I mean, it always speaks of some kind of motion. It's how we get from point A to B. It's not just what we desire, how do we get there, okay? Does that make sense? That This word always describes some kind of route or path that's taken to a destination. We might say somebody is, you know, they're set in their ways. What do we mean by that? It means... We can, we know what they're going to do. We know how they're going to, they're just, they're just set in their ways, man. I can't, I can't convince them to do anything differently or set in their ways. And it's a danger for all of us to become set in our ways, uh, as we go along. Okay. People will say, you know, that's the way we've always done it. That's just not my way. Or this, you know, this is my way. Okay. Um, so again the word ways speaks of how we think and process and react to life. Our ways are patterns of living that usually spring out of our deeply held convictions about God and ourselves and others and and life, okay? Our moral and ethical convictions set the guardrails of our paths through life. What we believe that that sets the guardrails we're going to stay within that so as our beliefs change we can go a different direction all right so when you say you know someone's ways okay when i say oh yeah I, you know i i know his ways or i know her ways what i'm saying is i have a deep enough level of relationship and intimacy with that person i have enough experience and enough history that I can anticipate how they're going to respond or how they're gonna handle something that comes up in life. Sometimes something comes up and you know it before this other person does and and you just know, oh man, when they hear that, that you know, best case, man, they're gonna they're gonna go to prayer. They're gonna start speaking the word over that situation. They're gonna rise up in faith about that situation. Worst case, they're gonna be they're gonna go into fear. They're going to go they're going to go get drunk. They're going to go, you know, they're going to handle this situation in some negative way. And the reason you know that is cuz you know their ways, okay? So, that's what it what it means. We can we can anticipate their thoughts and their reactions to a given situation. Well, the Lord is saying here, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. Mine are higher. But I'm going to send my word so that you can know my thoughts. So that you can know my ways. One of the reasons Jesus came was so that we could have this deep, the Bible calls it face-to-face, relationship with the Father. That's the New Testament relationship with the Father. It's a face-to-face and we can begin to know, we begin to know his ways. We begin to know when this happens, what is God's thought going to be about that? We can start knowing that. And that empowers our prayer life. It empowers, you know, because we, can, we want to be praying. When we're praying for somebody or over a situation, we want to be praying God's thoughts, not just... <laughs> I think too often we're just praying our stuff, right? We're just, we're just coming at it from our end and saying, okay, God... Sikkim or, you know, something. We need to be praying God's will, God's word, God's thoughts over any situation. Okay, so so we need, I believe God is inviting us into his ways. Let me give you one more uh passage here. <clears throat> Psalm 103, I don't have it up front for you. Psalm 103, verse 7, it says, He, God, made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. Okay, so Moses knew God's ways. Moses had a relationship with the father that, and this was under the old covenant, where Moses actually knew God's ways. He could anticipate how God would respond, what God would think, how God would feel about something. says the children of Israel just knew his acts. They knew he parted the Red Sea. They knew he brought manna. They knew what God did, but they didn't get the lesson. We've talked about this many times. Every miracle that God does points to the person. Points, you know, God brings, again, healing to your body. It's because he's the healer. It points back to him. God provides for you. It's because he's the provider. It's It's what his heart is okay? When you have a lack in your life, the reason you can anticipate provision is because it's God's way. It's it's who he is, okay? And I want you to remember that God actually invited all the people. When Moses was going up on the mountain, he invited all the people to come up to the base of the mountain and hear his voice personally. And they said, no, we don't want to do that. Too scary. Uh, Moses, you go, and then you come back and Tell us what he said. They made that decision. God invited them into much greater intimacy than they had. They didn't have to just know his acts. They could have known his ways, but they made choices. And we can do the same thing. We can keep God at arm's length if we want to. So let me just finish up with this. So we all have ways, okay? We all have ways of thinking. We all have habitual ways of doing We all have those kind of, they get get so habitual that we don't always recognize. It's like, and I'm sure you've all experienced this, back especially years ago when we lived in Albuquerque, driving to work sometimes. It was about, I don't know, depending on where the office was at different times, 30, 35 minutes into town, part on the freeway and then down through town. And sometimes I'd get there or I'd get home and I'd go, I don't remember this drive at all. I, I hope I didn't run any red lights. I hope I didn't run over anybody, you know, because, you know, you're, you're, it's such a habitual path that you just do it without thinking. That's that's where our ways are. We all have those ways, and a lot of us, most of us develop those ways by following our own desires and the influence of and examples of people around us, maybe our family, maybe other people, And and so we develop these ways. And thats I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not even saying all of those are, are wrong. Some of them probably need to be tweaked and some of them maybe need to be changed. Maybe God has a totally different viewpoint on an aspect of your life than you've ever held. And so if we want to walk in this process of renewal, and this process of renewing the mind, this is just something we need to realize and invite the Lord into. And that's where I want us to pray right now, is just inviting the Lord into our ways, our thoughts, and our ways. I want us to just invite Him to take that level. That's a deeper level in our lives. It's a, it's, um, We have to get vulnerable before God. We've got to trust him and know that he has the very best for us. And in that place, we can just invite him. Lord, if there are ways, in fact, let's just pray together. Why don't you maybe grab the hand of the person next to you or whatever. Let's just pray together. Father, Lord, in our our ways, each of us, you know each of us perfectly. You know each of us better than we know ourselves. You know our ways. And Lord, In many of those cases, Lord, if we've developed a way that is not your way, Lord, we invite you into that place in our life. Teach us what your way is. And by your Holy Spirit and your word, your living word coming into our lives, change us, bring change into our life, bring revelation into our life so that we can see who you are, who we are. Lord, and, but, and Holy Spirit, as you walk with us every single day, we invite you to put a watch over our lips to, to help us to recognize our own thought processes and the way that we do things. Lord, we invite you into that place because you are Lord. You are not just Savior. You are also Lord, and we give you that place of Lordship knowing that you have the very, very best plan and purpose for our lives and for the people around us. Lord, our way of being a friend, our way of being a husband or a wife, our, our way of being an employee or an employer, our way of working with people in all different aspects of life, Lord, we invite you in there. Holy Spirit, come in there. Bring the word of God so that, Lord, we can be continually, as your word says, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for setting us on the path you have for us and walking through it with us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And you say amen this morning. Amen. Okay. All right, why don't we stand up? We're going to be dismissed. You get anything out of this today? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There you go. No, I won't say that. Glad you all made it today. First Sunday of a brand new year. Another year. It's going to be, we need to keep our focus this year. We really need to keep our focus this year. There are going to be challenges. All right. Let's say it together on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. And will be dismissed. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Go out there and be the church. You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org.